Oh, man. Shafee. Whew. Are you there? Shafee. Yeah, Night has fallen on the hill country surrounding Austin, Texas. A cold front has blanketed the land. It is a downright chilly night here on the back porch in an undisclosed location in North Austin. There's a crescent moon hanging over the barren land. And we are we are gonna do our best to stay warm as we record episode 123 of One Magical Hour, a Matthew and Schaefer podcast spectacular. We have some classics up ahead for you. We have a Matthew, have you ever wondered? We have a Yield Workshop. We have a news cruise. We have a poetry corner. And we have all of the other delights that you associate with the one they call Rampy, not Roy. The Martinique Mystiker, the Montserrat Mistaker. He has mandibles like the Predator. Here's Matthew. The wind blows cold down in Austin tonight. Not a download to be heard. A kingdom of me and Shafee. Matthew, have you ever wondered? The cast is howling like minutia deep inside. Couldn't post the show. Heaven knows I've tried. <laughs> and then I, I thought about scripting it all out, but then I thought, I don't, you know. Let it cast. Let it cast. Okay. okay. Just fist them right in is the this ass. Thing frozen? <laughs> let it cast. What let it happened? cast. The intro's not too fast. I don't care what the reviewers say. Stop slapping the table. (laughs) It makes pretty shitty sound anyway. (laughs) Welcome to the episode 123, marking the first introduction with a Reference to anal fist and the first Disney princess parody. <laughs> Those that's a coincidence. Uh, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I certainly hope so. <laughs> I thought about not doing the fisting joke, but then I thought, that's eh, all right. Nobody, nobody's listening. <laughs> <laughs> it caught me by surprise. <laughs> I. Uh, well, that's what it was designed to do. Somehow, like even though I. I've never seen Frozen. You've never seen Frozen? No. And I've really only heard that song once or twice. Oh, my God. Because I don't have, I don't, I don't, I haven't sired a small child, small female child. Um, Boys like Frozen, too. But, or, There's Hans and Kristoff, Sven, they're all boys in the show. All right. <laughs> uh, I I don't think I'm incorrect to largely associate it with little girls. Sure, <laughs> little girls and their dads. Uh, but like, still somehow, like I knew. I think just from the cadence or whatever. The, okay, yeah. I was like, this is definitely a Disney song. Well, let's listen. And my man, first guess you, was Frozen. You, you like movies? I do. Frozen is oh, good. Sure. And you know what? Yeah, I, Frozen 2 is even better because they they kind of just oh. matured with the audience a little bit. I take, folks. Fro- Frozen take. 2 is really good. You heard it here. Yeah. Tell everyone you know. Uh, I know. I'm, I, I'm sure I was. How like, many avocados? I like. Uh, <laughs> Seven and a half for Frozen and eight for Frozen 2. Wow. Just Wow. <laughs> well, this is this has already been a better show than we've had in weeks. <laughs> Action packed. No, I, I'm totally kidding. By the way, I've really enjoyed the uh, last couple of shows I've listened to. Um, but you haven't listened to the last I haven't show. Listened, no, there's I, this uh, I big changed mystery it up. around around the introduction. L- listen to it on the way home, or we'll, we'll we'll listen to it together after the sh- after the show. <laughs> okay. I'm, su- I changed, I'm super excited about it. I changed it up on the last one. Like, uh, anyway, you'll see. You'll get it when you hear it. Now, of course, this audience has already heard it. So, uh, get at get us, it. Brian 
and Alan, and the last uh, half a dozen of you who are still listening to the show, tell us what you think of uh, tell us what you think about the uh, changes we made. I had this Tarantino moment where I realized I, I don't have to. The, the show doesn't have to be sequential. You doesn't know? you can true. you can tell that story and just kind of piece it together you know there's, just there's like hundreds of better ways to tell a story than me <laughs> just like me and tarantino <laughs> <clears throat> well episode 123 the episode nobody ever thought would happen Especially- <laughs> yeah 120 we're getting into some abstract numbers now yeah you know yeah Episode 100, I was like, well, that's a big number, you know, bigger number than I was expecting. I can see the next six or seven shows being really great and then us going into a lull (laughs) for about 20, 25 shows. And then it'll be 150, which will seem significant again. Yeah. There he is, 845, 843. Yeah, that guy, he's driving a little slower tonight. He's probably, probably slowing down to hear a little few bits of the show. There's <laughs> like, my podcasting buddies. He's like, yeah. <laughs> That'd be funny if the next time he drove by, he's like, what magical nation. Yeah. We shouldn't put a sign out for him. <laughs> Oh, we should we should interview him. <laughs> Can we get that? Get him on for a guest. Can we get that uh, train maintenance guy on the show? <laughs> the guest that everybody's been hoping for. I've been listening to Darknet Diaries, uh, awesome spinoff podcast from Reply All, and uh, he likes to talk a lot about social engineering, which is trains. No, it's what the cyber ha- it's the cyber security guys. Basically, change the word like con. It's no, you don't call it con artistry anymore. You call it social engineering, and it's when you call up on the phone and you make someone comfortable and get them to give you information accidentally before they even know that they're giving it to you. Oh, okay. Uh, that would be fun. Now, like I would like to try to social engineer, call up the Austin Transportation Authority, and try to get that information on who drives that truck. And then invite him on the podcast without anyone knowing that I am but a lowly podcast host. <laughs> I would be amazed if you did that. You just put that on your to-do list. Okay? <laughs> it's my to-do list. <laughs> Before the next episode, preferably. <clears throat> Matthew, I'm embarrassed about something. Is this a new segment? I <laughs> 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 We should have should have little Shafi do some sort of introduction to this because he's not embarrassed about anything. Um, Tell me, Shafi, what are you embarrassed about? Is this a safe place for you to confess something to you? Are you finally going to get real on this show? <laughs> I'm gonna get, I'm gonna I get, hope so. I'm afraid to take take off a mask and show you the inside. And, Show you underneath the hood. Uh, I can tell you're bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I watched. I've been watching and enjoying the show Twenty Somethings, the reality show on Netflix that takes place here in Austin, Texas. Okay. And like, I mean, I guess like I started watching because it it's in Austin. You know. Uh-huh. When did that come out? It's just it's new. My algorithm is not showing me that. It's not. Nah. <laughs> you should look it up. Okay. It's. <laughs> And yeah, that's not the not the embarrassing part is not that I watched it; it's that I continued to watch it. Yeah, and I am sucked in. Well, are they interesting twenty somethings? They're all right. Is it like the real world? It is. It is just like the real world. Uh, yeah. It is. What a great uh, new concept, Netflix. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing, though, is that they kind of like they they took it back to what was great about the real world, which was just like a house just like with strangers. Yeah, putting and, strangers in a and house. Just, and don't give them any responsibilities. They all have they, to be in there. They don't have to cook or yeah. they don't have to try to be a, a, a best celebrity or they're not looking, yeah. they're not lurking for love. They're just like hanging and partying. That's exactly Maybe right. Maybe kind of doing the, some of them had jobs, I guess, but most of them would just like hang. It's amazing. I watched, listen, I, on the bleeding edge of reality TV, 
like the real world. I was in it, man. I was like, that, that is, first was, season of the real world. There were a few, came out when you and I were. There were a few seasons that were that were very compelling. Probably, and then it got a little formulaic. Yeah, around season. 11. When they stopped having their own jobs and they started giving them jobs, like the. Yeah, like we're all working at this place for the summer. The re, yeah, the like summer internship, you know, like that's when it kind of started to become seem just a little, a little too much into the BS. I mean, the me. the magic of reality TV is the casting, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, the production, you know, and it's all a producer picking the right people that, to that, you know that was have the right chemistry. First seasons compelling is because they really. They really tried to pick people that were very different from one another, you know. What blows my mind is how much younger these young 20-year-olds seem than Eric and the gang did back in that first episode in New York. Well, the the world has indexed younger, older, you know. Yeah. Kids stay kids longer. Yeah, and I knew that. And I, shit, I'm one of them, you know. Right. I'm, a, I'm an overgrown child. Right. Uh, but just the difference, like, they seem so young. And, that, you know, part of that's me, too. Like, I'm I'm not a 14-year-old watching the show. I'm a 46-year-old watching it. Like, yeah. all sorts of different factors are at play. Yeah. But, like, like one of them, <laughs> one of them's a virgin. Okay. <laughs> and, but, like, a heterosexual but, male virgin. Okay, There's okay. another kid who just came out of the closet, and he's never kissed a guy. Oh, wow. um, okay. And that's like that's a whole other thing. Is there any anal fisting? There is. I there's a couple. Oh. There's a couple of folks on the was, show who could, you know, I was sort of joking, but who you're just shaking could go that way pretty quickly. I okay, think. so where do they have them living? They're living on the east side. Okay, some like some somewhere between my house and the bar. It all takes place right away. So. Uh-huh. One Magical Nation, this this whole show takes place in the area between where I live and where I work. And it's only like a two-mile area. Uh, you know, like the jobs that they, the bars that they go to, the jobs that they... They that go to the White Horse? For. They, yeah, they go looking for, like, the the one girl is looking for a job. She goes to the Latch Latchkey bar down on, a, on E6. Like, it's all, yeah. Huh. It's all right there. So I'm waiting. I've only I'm only, so I'm only three episodes in. I shouldn't really like okay. say you like you can't give an avocado review. Yet. No, yeah, but you yeah, can they, be embarrassed about it. I am. I'm embarrassed, but by how compelling I find it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm excited to hear more about it. I, I hope you continue watching them. <laughs> I will. So at least so you can talk about it here. That's and, and you know that's like the excuse that I made for myself. I was like, don't watch this trash. I'm like. No, I can talk about OMH. <laughs> I, I'm embarrassed about something from the past related to reality TV. WOMH is a safe place, my friend. Uh, in the fall of 95, maybe it was spring Please tell me you auditioned for Survivor. I auditioned for the real world. Oh, yeah. I mean, I went to, <laughs> I, I went to like a, an open call for... Real World San Francisco? Right. It was, it, I, it might have even been real world or road rules, <laughs> you know, and it was just like, um, I, see. I, I, I don't remember the season they were casting actually. God, you would have been great on that it show. It was at, um, the, the call was at Emo's, the old Emo's at Six and Red River in yeah. the back bar. And they, they had like tables set up outside. And they had everybody just waiting in the bar and everybody was drinking. And I was, I think I was underage. <laughs> like I might've been turning 21. No, no, I was maybe, I was maybe approaching 20, Yeah. but I was drinking. And, um, I remember it took a long time to get to the interview. And then the interview was basically like with one casting person and there were like six people. And if there were a couple of outgoing gals in your party and the casting person was male, uh-huh. it, like I had no chance. Like by the time they got to me, like I was so sauced. Yeah. And there were other people that were just like, 
on it, putting themselves forward. I remember feeling like what a waste of time that was. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So you were just they yeah they're just stuck in the back. Oh man, if you had just been like in a one-on-one confessional situation with like a real MTV producer, you would have got on that show. I, think. I remember going back to the co-op, and I lived at the Pearl Street Co-op at the time, cool. and I I went back to the co-op, and I was just I was hammered. I had gone with the wear possum, and then another girl that we were weighted tables with where possibly would have been a good one too. I don't know how I got back home. I, I remember like meeting them and getting in a car and going downtown with them. So I guess they dropped me back at the co-op. And I remember feeling like embarrassed that I did that and what a waste <laughs> of a day. And just like going to bed just like drunk and mad. It's like what did I waste my time doing that? That was so stupid. <laughs> Why would I want to be on reality TV? It's so cute. Let's see. This is an here's an instance where I actually told an embarrassing story, and yeah. all you did is talk about a TV show yeah. that you're watching. Well, who did the? Maybe that was all part of my plan. Which Matthew is embarrassing. Maybe, uh, What's the most embarrassing? Maybe you just part got socially that? engineered. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to. What think. has quickly become our, our top segment? I'm trying to think if I have any embarrassing audition stories. Oh, you know what? I was thinking about the other day, actually. Yes. Uh, I do. I do have a Don't horrible. Stop. And it's so yes. ridiculous. I'm so like, this is like keeps me up at night when I think about it. I try not to think about it, honestly. Because like the setup was perfect. Like I was in my first couple of years in New York. Uh, I was working at Standard and Poor's, and I was taking a plane home to Texas. And in the in the terminal, I wound up sitting next to this dude, and the dude was on the phone with this girl, obviously a girl that he knew, and he was telling her that she should come by the studio to do a voice for this uh, this kind of uh, uh, like a like a Japanimation sort of thing. I don't know if it was actually Japanimation. It was that kind of thing. I think it was maybe actually German. Um, but in that style, like, uh, it was called Geisters. Um, <laughs> and it was like, yeah, these like, these kind of like sci-fi soldiers who fight ghosts in a, you know, in a, in a sci-fi future. Okay. Um, and so he was telling this girl, obviously he was, and he was obviously also kind of hitting on her too. Um, but telling her that she should come audition. And so after he got maybe, off the phone, maybe you'd be so great in Geisters. I was like, I was like, do you have any room for any low register male voices in this cast? And then we, we started chatting, you know, and, uh, I found out a little about it. He was from Texas too. And he ended up giving me his card and I was like, wow, you know, this is how it happens. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and so I got back. This is how you get discovered. I got back to New York and I emailed with him and he said, yeah, sure. Come on up. So I left my cubicle and I took the train up to Midtown and I went up to like this studio, you know, it was really awesome. You know, obviously like a voiceover studio. And I was like, wow, you know, I'm in here. And then I like, I did the voice and like the first reading was like the introduction. And I did this, you know, whole kind of. You know, I did my best like Morgan Freeman. It was like, you know, in, the, in a world beset <laughs> by evil ghosts, sci-fi madness, only the geisters, you know, something like that. Uh-huh. And then, but like, this is, and this is something that I've always had a problem with. I always think that whatever way I do it is best. And directors and producers of film and television and theater really don't agree with, always agree with that. Yeah. So... They like asked me to do the introduction a little different, and I, I kind of I didn't really do it that different. And then, uh, then we we did some a few characters, and like he kind of said like, "Could you do it this time with less acting?" And like I like totally like did not pay attention to anything he said. If anything, I did it with more acting. And then they were like, "All right, all right, that's good. Uh, thanks." You can see yourself out. And I was like, like, God, you know, I was just like hit myself in the head. Like I like totally did not try to show them that I could take direction at all. Of course, like 
Later, I realized that, like, that's all people are looking for in an audition is for that. Can you take direction? Yeah. Will you listen to the words that I'm saying and change your performance accordingly? Huh. And I was like, totally. Just not what I, I, I just botched that <coughs> audition in every way just because, like, just because I've always been the kind of person who you can't tell them that they're wrong or that they need to be doing something different in any way. And I'm still that way to this day. And you'd think I would have learned something, but I haven't. Right. Right. <laughs> so, so there you are. <laughs> Thank you. Episode 123. I think they're going to remember this one. Thank you for finally <laughs> unpacking something for real on this program. This is going to be our hugest episode yet. <laughs> People are going to tell their friends about this episode. <laughs> I'm kidding. Our listeners don't have friends. <laughs> they, they do, but they, uh, they're, they're all they, they do, but they don't they're want their the friends dozen to or so people who all find to out that. Oh, right, right. They're all in one group. <laughs> There's like a couple of satellites. That's all right. <laughs> we love you. That's mind blowing to me. You're, you know. And like that is like that should have been like the classic like beginning to an amazing story, you know, but it wasn't, it was just, <laughs> I got in there, you know, Yeah, I did all the, you know, I, I did the hard part. No, no. I like the, like <laughs> you're saying that that should have led to like a movie career. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. That should have been my end. To... No, no. Your story is much more real <laughs> and compelling. I think the other, the other, that story you're talking about is some Hollywood BS. Like, yeah, you know, your sure. story is like a human experience. You know. Well, thank you. Yeah. Let's push Matthew. Have you ever wondered to nope. next week? Okay. Yeah, because you don't have anything to wonder about. Uh, I kind of, I kind of threw it together at the last minute. Okay. I could be much better. I was, I was just, I was a little. We were coming up on it, and it was right <laughs> oh, yeah. at about the same time in the podcast time. So, but, but it's four minutes late, right? It's it was a couple minutes late. Yeah, yeah. it's between the nineteenth and the twentieth minute. Yeah, it's usually when Matthew ever ever. This is the most structure the show has ever had. <laughs> this this random coincidence <laughs> of the last few times that we've done the segment that it happened at that <laughs> at the at the same register in the recording which is slightly different from the playback because there's all that shenanigans at the first but um yeah so um well i then i guess we'll move on to the next segment which is gonna pretty much bum everybody out if you're ready to get bummed right now i just i was just thinking about today it's, it's january oh Thank you. Gee, let's do wait, let's do that again. What? Nice, nice, old style. Um, I was just thinking about today, January sixth. Oh yeah, you know, and uh, I, I sort of feel like we shouldn't commemorate this date in a way. Like to me, it to I. I understand that people, we shouldn't forget pe- it either. People are giving this gravity to it, and I get it. It, it was a, it was a grave act, but I don't. I also don't want to amplify it. Yeah, you know, I I'm kind of like, mm, remember when all those dumb dumbs did that dumb thing, yeah. and then eventually it's brought into the light for what it is. I'm not of this mindset that like, oh, we almost lost our democracy that night. That's fucking bullshit. You, you could, I think that you could go and murder all the legislators and we could still rebuild this democracy. Dude, those worthless fucks, all of them. Yeah, you're like, right, right, <laughs> right, 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 right. But that, that, I mean, that's, that's in a way why it doesn't seem. Like if, when pe- when people have been talking, it it is a a grievous act of mob mentality. They can't even pass a sure. bill to fix our roads. Man. They're, they're, they're listen. They're in full <laughs> failure mode. I, I, this is not a partisan thing. Like I think we, you know, we wanted to see somebody in there besides Trump, obviously, and we were pretty vocal about that on the show. They have trouble getting themselves but, paid, but we're but this, but it's still it's such a mess, right? And so. 
you know, those people were attacking symbols of the democracy in a way. Uh, but I, I did as as I thought about the day and thought about Trump and his role, I thought of this word demagogue. And I wasn't sure if I was using it right when I call if I were to call Donald Trump a demagogue. So I looked it up, especially for Yale Workshop. Yeah. And boy, does it fit the bill. Let me just read you the definition real quick. Okay. A political leader who seeks support by appealing to the desires and prejudices of ordinary people rather than by using rational argument. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. I didn't realize that it was, yeah, that's, I just thought of it as just kind of a, a leader who shouldn't necessarily be a leader, you know? Yeah, a rabble rouser. Interesting. What is, what is the etymology of that one? It's from the Greek. Oh, leader of the mob. Demo agoge. Demo meaning people. Gaga meaning uh, uh, maga. <laughs> Magaga. See, now that you say it. Apple rouser. Maga. Yeah, demaga. Demaga. <laughs> they got it right with the maga. Demaga. <laughs> you say it, when you say it with like an Italian accent. Demaga. <laughs> brutto, brutto. Bene, bene, demaga. Brutto. Bene, bene. You got to presume. Got to make it a presume. Where's the freaking gabagoo? Um, yeah, so I think that the D Trump demo. was definitely a demagogue. I'm glad I, I'm shout, glad out, I shout out to Anthony Gaudio, our favorite, uh, Rockland County firefighter. I think we should, um, <laughs> our favorite Anthony Gaudio quote is, <laughs> oh, I, I, I like, and there was goddamn fire everywhere. <laughs> Anthony is not a demagogue. Here's a few. Here's a few headlines. Here's just a few bullet points of how of some methods of demagoguery. There's scapegoating. Mm-hmm. It's blaming the in group's trouble on an out group. Yep. There's fear mongering. Uh huh. Just generally yeah. invoking fear. There's just lying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Emotional oratory and personal charisma. I mean, I used to like Trump on that show he had, you know, and I thought he was a funny guy. I thought he was like a celebrity, you know. He was, a, he, was a, he had charisma. I guess, yeah. Accusing opponents of weakness and disloyalty. Uh, yeah. Remember, you know how he, I'm he, the you know how he like he he does a little uh, you know, name for for everybody like Lion Ted and stuff like that. I wonder if somebody recently updated this Wikipedia page. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. This, this I wanted to read a list of some demagogues. Well, what in here is Adolf Hitler, Huey Long, huh? Who's the governor of Louisiana? Yeah, Joe Joseph McCarthy, huh? Yeah. Now it's yeah, it's interesting. I. I definitely think of all of those people as more inherently evil than Donald Trump. It's weird that, yeah, the way, like, my brain works about Donald Trump. Like, I don't want to, like, take him seriously enough to even think of him as evil. I know. He's just, like, I know some jerk who wanted to make more money and yeah. saw a way to do it. Yeah. No, you're right. You know? Yeah. And wanted to protect himself from some bad decisions he's made so far. Like, uh, you know, yeah. Demagogue. Interesting. Well, interesting. That's how what, on the nose that is. That's what Yale word shop will do for you. It'll just make, it'll just bring into focus the meaning of things. Oh, yeah, no, that's it, what words do. Don't I appreciate they? the, yeah. And learning the subtleties of that word is, it's a useful word. Unfortunately, that is a useful word in our time. Well, word on the street is you have a news cruise. Exciting and news. (laughs) Boy, the robot's on fire tonight.
You know, speaking of robot lovers, we gotta we gotta talk to Alex. We gotta talk to Alex. You're absolutely right. Uh, You know, (laughs) that seems like the easiest guest, the most low hanging fruit. We we talked about guesting last time. You know who uh, asked me just the other day when we're gonna have him on is Mike Sammons, who is a he is now the GM at the New Justines in New Orleans. So. Oh, really? You should have some interesting stories. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I'm glad that uh, Mike wants to be on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's been listening lately. So, hi, Mike. And uh, we'll, we'll get you on very soon. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. A man who allegedly stole hundreds of unpublished book manuscripts now face charges. Yes, that's right, folks. A man pulled off a massive unpublished manuscript heist. <laughs> which... I, I mean, <laughs> this is like you don't just bumble into that type of heist. Somebody who is, you know, in the literary world, and you know, I've I've seen how the sausage is made. I've seen the big pile of unpublished stuff, which you got to understand is like ninety nine point nine percent terrible. <laughs> right. You have to wait through it all right. to read it. Like the idea of thousands of unpublished manuscripts just sounds. So horrible to me. Why would you want to? So, for five years, a man who worked in publishing tricked authors and industry insiders into sending him hundreds of unpublished manuscripts, including one from a Pulitzer Prize-winning author, uh, according to federal authorities. The alleged fraudster is facing federal charges. Filippo Bernardini, 29-year-old Italian citizen working for Simon & Schuster UK as a rights coordinator, was arrested as he arrived in JFK, this room. Thank you, NPR, for this fantastic recording. Okay, okay, okay. You, boy, you are really going to have to break this down for me and for the listener because I don't understand the scam. I yeah, I, 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 I'll finish the. Oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, Let me just interject before I should. Yeah, uh, he impersonated real people in the publishing industry to fraudulently obtain manuscripts of novels and other books and notes about those books. Unpublished manuscripts are works of art to the writers who, uh, okay, yeah, we get that. Uh, he was allegedly trying to steal other people's literary ideas for himself. Oh. In the end, he wasn't creative enough to get away from it. Uh, <laughs> did not immediately, immediately appear to have obtained legal representation. Uh, despite the elaborate nature of his scheme, it's still unclear what the motivation was. Okay, so people like like me. Oh, but so, like, but so maybe, why would you do that? well, maybe he wanted to just change it up a bit. I, I don't know. Right? And yeah, that's to... what I'm thinking. Like, yeah, you're getting something like from, like, say, Colson Whitehead, or who's won, you know, multiple Pulitzer Prizes, getting their unpublished manuscript. And then, yeah, I can see you actually working, doing some havoc on that. Maybe then you, like, do the old FedEx it to yourself. And then you're like, oh, this is actually my manuscript. <laughs> I'm now a famous writer. <laughs> Where's my Pulitzer? <laughs> this really speaks to this crisis that we have where there are no new ideas <laughs> you know like it's only sequels and <laughs> um and and remakes and here's a guy who wants to be i i know this draw like wanting to be a, a famous novelist but the thing is, like, this guy has, like, did, like, some elaborate stuff. Like, he created all of these websites and internet domains to make himself look like, you oh, know, right. kind of like other people in the publishing industry to fake these people out and get this, get this, uh, uh, get these people to send this stuff to him. This, this, uh, that upsets me because it's another example of how, the open source world of the internet is just a f- such fertile ground for people to just no doubt scam. Yeah, there's all kinds of scams out there. Yeah, be careful, folks. Man, don't go sending your unpublished manuscript to just anyone. Don't just listen to any podcast just because <laughs> they put it on Apple Podcasts. Make sure that they have at least 122 episodes under their belt before you start taking them seriously. That's an interesting story. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, you bet. Now that you mentioned that, though, uh, today I listened to, well, I listened to the previous episode because that's what I do, just to 
may, a lot of it is to get some continuity in the show. Yeah. That really helps. And then, I don't know, I was doing something repetitive at work, and uh, I just kind of went back in our back catalog and just picked a rando cool. from last year, November 25th. <laughs> Episode 42. So November 4th, about three months into it. Everything done wrong, yeah. <laughs> and what struck me was, and I, I think this relates to that story a little bit, or at least it's, at least it's on the topic of us scamming people. Um, there was a lot of improvement between, and maybe this is the kind of data points thing that is in nature all the time. Maybe this is like the Fibonacci sequence, but from the beginning, there's a lot of improvement between episodes three through 10 and, and episode 42. Yeah. And, but I was realizing that there's less improvement between episode 42 and a one twenty three. Yeah. Although I will say this, we're tighter. H- however disorganized it may seem right now, we are much tighter. I feel like I remember that one that we recorded in Manisha's room. I feel like that was another kind of breakthrough episode. Well, that was when we interviewed Lauren Marks. Oh, really? Oh, no, no, you're right. I I was in... I was at Manisha's house when we interviewed Lauren Marks, ah. but you were everything was still remote otherwise. Ah. Um, no, yes. The UFC episode. Yeah, the one you and I did together. Uh-huh. You think that was a the maybe next that level? Was, maybe it just seems that way because it was the first one that we did side by side. Right. That was not that long ago. When do you think that was? I Well... Oh, it was was it my birthday? There was some reason no. why we're or Manisha's maybe it was Manisha's birthday. We, it was it was July fifteenth oh. of twenty one. I would have thought July it was July of twenty twenty one. Interesting. Earlier. So I was about ten months into the cast. Is that the that's the first time we did it together? I think so, yeah. Really? So we did a hundred. We did a hundred plus that was episode. 104. <laughs> the left eye of podcasting. Lori <laughs> <laughs> Clark. Yeah. <laughs> oh, loved that Lori episode. That, both Lori episodes are good, but should get her back on too. Let's talk for just a second about episode titles. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's pretend that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> Dipping our toes in Esperanto. Oh, you're really proud of this one. Liberty or Long Clausen of Leicestershire. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. This this is the worst segment we've ever had where we're just reading our old. Don't make my He-Man blue. Remember the blue He-Man? Yeah, of course. Aloha Corgi Menu or Arcane Igloo Hum. <laughs> Those are anagrams of the show. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. Or, I mean, uh, what's it called? When you scramble it up? Uh, oh, no. Yield word shop on the fly. Don't ask me this. Don't palindrome. ask me. No, a palindrome. Uh, it goes forward and backwards, and it's the same thing. <clears throat> yeah, like... Fertile yams and fly emirates. There is a, there was a golf tournament sponsored by TBG every year, the TBG golf tournament. And Tom Lofflerbach is one of the guys that started the company. TBG is anagram. The, I think it is anagram. No, it's not. Yeah, anagram. anagram and then because, uh, and then there's acronym. Oh, this is another. We've talked about this a million times. Yeah. Acronym is, you know, just okay, naming so it is something by the first letter. Well, so it is an acronym. Thankfully, I said it right the first time. Okay. <laughs> I'm second guessing myself. There was a go- they did a golf tournament, TBG. It's defunct now. 
Tom Offlerbach is one of the founders of the company. TBG is the landscape architecture firm that my wife works for. And um, Tom would take everybody's name who was playing in the tournament and do a, an anagram of it <laughs> for their name tags. <laughs> Man, I'm trying to think of what mine was. Yeah, what was yours? It was not flattering. <laughs> I'll have to think of that and come back to it. It's funny how I'm looking at these show titles and everything is, everything's jumbled in my head. Like the, the timetable, I think it has to do with the pandemic and how everything's just jumbled up. Yeah. You know, in the yeah. last couple of years, I'll, I'll find myself being like, yeah. Cause the pandemic started last March. And then I'm like, oh, no, it was two years ago. In we March. had a crazy conversation <laughs> at the front page the other night. About Manish that. was there and Melissa was there and a few other people. There were like eight people involved in this conversation. Fireman John. Trying to figure out. Fireman John was there, yeah. Trying to figure out what year the front page opened yeah. and what year the, Pandemic the lockdown started. started. Yeah. yeah. And by the numbers. Because in my head, I knew. I was like, yeah, that happened three years ago, and that happened two years ago. But then I was like, wait, but that would make it 2019? No, 2020. Like, everybody was confused. Everybody was yelling at each but other. Tw 2019 is when the front page opened, right? Yes. yes. 2019, the front page opened. 2020. The, uh, so the world the, Yeah, changed. the front page will be three in uh, tw March of 2022. Yeah. 2019, 2021, 2022. Wait. What'll be? I'm, I'm just looking at episode 89, a simmering cauldron of variants. And it says, <laughs> it's so easy to go from ironic usage to that guy says that. <laughs> I kind of want to listen. I might to listen to that episode. Yeah. By the way, speaking of listening to old episodes, Frog, I mean, rock, brain, fog. That's my favorite. I was just, I don't remember if it was 121 or 120, but you ended it with a Milton song. And I was just like, wow, that episode was perfect. Like the, uh, dude, I don't know how many times I've ended it perfect. You just don't listen to the end. Yeah, I just never made it to the end for some reason. It's weird. Folks, if you don't listen to the end, you're missing out because I put a lot of thought into the song that goes with it. And by the way, this episode's definitely ending with. What's Gabriella Page Ford's been? The stickers. The stickers. Stickers, not the stickers. Stickers. Is I thought it was the stickers. I think it's just stickers. That's another person that I would we should ping. Would, would love to. She. I think she's gonna trip out that we're still doing it. <laughs> uh. Okay. Listen. Listen. Hey. 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 Listen. Oh, listen, 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 listen. I have a joke for you. No, I'm kidding. I forget. Um, I was trying to do an anagram search for Matthew Rampy. Why can't I remember that? Because I blocked it out. I was... Tom is a guy who I would love to get on this podcast. Tom, Which... Tom Offerbach. Oh yeah, the, one of the founders of TBG. Yeah, he's a he is a very interesting individual. I can think of two other Toms that would be awesome to have on this podcast: <laughs> Tom Westfall, former uh, semi-pro hockey player, and Tom McGillick. We we Lindsay should do Sussman. a week of Toms. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> a, a month of Toms. Tom time. Um, I think that we should wrap this bitch up. Oh wait. I rearrangement servant. That's that's Matthew Rampy. Uh, no, that's <laughs> that's anagram generator oh. or anagram anagram generator. I rearrangement servant. Oh, Matthew Rampy. Wetham. No, that's that's backwards. Mama twerp thy. <laughs> Patter whammy. A warmth empty. 
Warpath met my. <laughs> Wait, Warpath met my. What? That is similar to what Tom did. Huh. Wheat tramp my apartment with matter amp why meat wrap miss. <laughs> oh man, I, I can't believe I cannot for, can't remember this. Listen, do you have a Brendan Lorber poem for me to read? Yes, I definitely do. I think that it is another fun. Somebody please review us. Please give us some reviews. Yeah, no, you know, yeah. It's now that we're kind of back time. on the grand, it would be great to uh, for you guys uh, to start uh, telling your friends about it, uh, reviewing us, uh, leaving us reviews on Spotify or iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. You're going to have to hand me your phone. You comfortable with that? Yeah, I'm comfortable. I don't think I'm going to drop it. I'm cool. I'm I'm 87% certain that I am not going to drop your phone and break it. <laughs> it seems like a gamble. Big All right, how about... How about the party lasted years, but not this year? Yes. <laughs> this seems so perfect. It's a long one, but... Uh, for what we were just talking about. Strap in, One Magical Nation. We got a poetry corner here. Here's to you, Brendan Lorber. We love you very much. I'd get rid of the bees, but I need the honey. Inside this idea of how to grow... Even the belief that there was nothing new wasn't new, which either proved the point or destroyed it. The way 2019 waved goodbye to everything. Remarkable and good with such conviction. I almost forgot 1986 did the same thing, and so did 1977. I can't remember the last time someone failed to tell me the only constant is change. Not in a cool Stephen Hawking way, but in the way someone explains how, no, you should be excited to get laid off. Every year, we get a little more of doing more with less. The kind of trembling you just can't shake. Some people work for a mean boss who means well, but poorly. I work for living indoors and feeding my daughter. And I love bees, not just in my tiny apartment. I'm writing this in my head at the office party, which I attend for the free food and memories of this place from another time. There was the party where I discovered the art of the I am making an important point gesture and most photos since. Invoke this mudra. I make an important point, not connected to completely freaking out about the unknown future and trying to trick the rest of each year into believing I am not to be fucked with. You should know. I have leveled up and away from even limited success into categories more aligned with natural calamity. The way professing my undying and obviously unrequited love to Andrea when we were five, or Karen a decade later, was both a terrible idea at the time and for all time, but explains my current state of incredibly awkward soulfulness, a kind of stammering heart filled with bees. I know I made a joke in the last episode about Brendan Lorber being my favorite poet, but it's not, it's not That's a an joke. an amazing poem, Brendan. Thanks. You've definitely leveled up, and I feel like uh, reading that poem on this podcast kind of levels the podcast up a little it bit, It certainly too. levels the podcast up. Hopefully, he can join us. I'm sure he can, yeah. Yeah. Okay. We need to add him to the ever-expanding list of people we need to have on as soon as possible. <laughs> You need to get a book. You need to get a notebook, a lined spiral notebook, and and start making the plans and writing them down in the notebook. Maybe at the front of the notebook, there could be a calendar and 
I was thinking maybe we try to start doing another cast from remotely and having that be the, uh, you know, having that be the, the special guest podcast. Then we can plan it ahead and do it on, you know, a different night. And I don't oh, know. Oh, yeah, right. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. We'll see. Uh, yeah, because if because if the guest is remote, we might as well might as well all be remote. Yeah, that way we're all in our own box. Sure. That I way, just, that I way feel you, like that's that way you can use your um your microphone again, and, not, and it could be at some even a little more rando time. There's nothing podcast listeners like more than the minutia of podcast production. Oh man, this is what this show is about. <laughs> all right, well, we love you. Tune in again. Or, I mean, download again. Get at us. Send us whatever a note. happens these days. Whatever the kids are doing. Tell us what that word is for the other words that are switched up with the letters. I feel like we haven't been telling them we love them enough. <laughs> we love you. Do you know we love you? And uh, even here in 2022, there are poor choices. In this world.